Well, praise the Lord and good day to you and welcome to the Old Path Bible Study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to be with you gathered around God's Word. Nothing greater to be gathered around, nothing greater to be looked at, nothing greater to be found experiencing than the Word of God. Hallelujah. The greatest thing on the planet are the words that God has given us. And we're going to look at those today in Hebrews chapter 12. This will be part four in this great 12th chapter of Hebrews. On this seventh day of November 2022, a beautiful rainy day outside this morning. And we're thanking the Lord for that rain. We need it. And we're thanking the Lord for the rain that he's causing to fall upon our hearts every moment of the day. Hallelujah. So grab your Bibles and let's get into Hebrews chapter 12. And while you're turning there, uh, let me just remind you that we have a website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can look at the website. You can click on the store icon and see all the things that we have on offer for you. And uh, just to be a greater blessing to those of you who are looking for the truth of God's words of righteousness, you will be greatly blessed. Christmas time is coming up when families give gifts and all those wonderful things to remind us of the greatest gift of all, the Lord Jesus Christ, that God in heaven, our heavenly Father, gave for us. And you can get some of these things online from the store and uh, you can give them as Christmas presents. It is, let me just go ahead and make sure you know it is what they need to be able to read something that will direct them to Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. And uh, you can find everything we do here at Crossway Church, all these teaching sessions, Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and Wednesday night service, Sunday morning service, all located on that website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can also find it on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And I have two Facebook pages. One of them is Curtis Hutchinson. The other is Pastor Curtis. And both of those pages in the morning, sometime around 7 to 7.30 a.m., for the most part, I'm posting one Bible verse a day presently. And one of those, we're doing Psalms 38. And the other, we're in Romans 4. One verse a day, seeing the beauty of Calvary's cross in each one of those Bible verses. Because that is, my friend, what God's Word is all about. What His living word Jesus Christ came to do for us on the cross. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, the more determined you become to know nothing other than that, just as Abraham became fully persuaded and found then God imputing his righteousness unto him, the more you will walk in the light and the blessings of the Lord will fill your heart and it will be far more than a Sunday morning go to church meeting uh, uh, this or that those things are wonderful but when you come back to Calvary and you begin to learn the wonders and the beauties of the cross of Christ then you will 
understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We'll back up a little bit because we're not that far yet. And I, because I, I want us to see, I pray the Lord will impart his word and write his words and graft his words into our soul today. That is the experience of the new covenant. You do know that, right? That the Lord under the new covenant takes and puts his word in our hearts. He writes them into our minds. So the question is for all of God's people, are our hearts becoming more filled with what he's able to put in there or are we becoming more full of just what surrounds us in our world? Because the new covenant experience is our God writing his words in our hearts and in our minds. That's what the Bible tells us. And I'm one of those Bible believers. Hallelujah. And thankful to have a Bible. Thankful to know the God of the Bible. Hallelujah. So as we look at verse 1, 2, and 3 today, notice some key words. I'll point them out to you. I believe they're of utmost importance. Uh, and we'll see the first one here in, first, in verse 1. Watch this now. Wherefore, seeing. Get that now. Seeing. You, you can't walk in what you don't see. You can't grab a hold of what you're not seeing. Christianity is not some magical make-believe pretending you have something. No, it's actually by faith we see. By faith we walk. So it is about what we see. And if we're not seeing, then, then we're not going to have the experience. So watch, watch this very closely this morning. Wherefore, seeing... We also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking. Here it is again. Looking. Seeing. You can't experience what you're not looking at, what you're not seeing. I, I want you to get this today, my friend. You and I, for too long, have been duped, taught and preached to, like, 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 like this is just something we have to, it doesn't matter what we're doing, it doesn't matter what's going on in our lives, it doesn't matter what's going on, the Lord is still going to do. No, my friends, the experience of what God is doing is seeing looking to where he's pointed you. This isn't, for the most part, things like this, they're not taught because this apostate church age we're living in, uh, Christians just don't, they, they, they don't like sound doctrine or they, or they like to do what they want to with God's word and call that their sound doctrine. But sound doctrine is that which in experience makes you sound in the things and the plan of God, the will of God, according to the word of God for your life. Hallelujah. Amen, Brother Curtis. Hallelujah. So watch this now. In the first verse, we, we saw the word seeing. In the second verse, look at it. Let's look at it. Looking, looking unto seeing something. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Now we'll come back to this, but look at verse 3. For consider him. You've got to see something to consider it. It's got to be in the forefront of your minds to be considering something. You're not going through your your daily uh, lives. You're You're not going about the business that you have to go about daily in the classroom, on the workplace, whatever's going on. You Listen, you have to learn to no matter what you're doing to be seeing and looking and considering. Hallelujah. Considering. You can't consider something if you're not seeing something, if you're not looking at something. To consider it is to contemplate. It's to look at it. Okay? So watch this now. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Now, let's point out a few things in this teaching this morning that verse verse 1 tells us that we are to recognize that we also under the new covenant are compassed about a great cloud of witnesses that are, that are living uh, as a witness unto God as a witness unto God, not a witness to everybody else. We're a testimony to everybody else. But the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Unto God. We are witness unto God and a testimony unto all. So we are seeing that we're accomplished about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let us, you got to see something to do something. And you only see what you need to see if you're looking through Calvary. You only see what you need to see so that you can walk where you need to walk if you're looking, not just because you got saved, but because you're still looking at what that was that saved you. And it's written right here. Hallelujah. So you have to see. You have to look at what you can see. And you have to consider it. Sounds like the book of Proverbs, doesn't it? Incline thine ear after my knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Set your heart toward that. Incline your heart. Incline your hearing. Cry out for her as if you were looking for silver and gold. This is what we're being told here even under the new covenant. you got to see something. you got to know what you're looking for to see it. And, and, and when you see it, you got to consider. The reason you have to consider what we're being told here is because if you don't, you're going to faint in your mind. The answer to avoid fainting, the answer to come out of a place of having fainted is to see where you are. See what God has brought you into and look unto Jesus who's done what it took to get you to the place where you can belong to him and walk with him and hear him and you won't be found as in the book of Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 inside uh, thinking you got you got the Lord in there with you but he's outside knocking to get in and and, and that's just a powerful story the church has used Revelation 3 and 20 to, toward the lost it's not toward the lost it's not for the lost it wasn't written 
written to the lost. It was written to the churches. At the end of that little excerpt there by the Holy Spirit uh, from Jesus to John the Revelator, it says, let the churches hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Come on now, somebody. And we come along and because we have this mindset that we're okay. We, we, we can't be in trouble. We, uh, we, I mean, we might get caught up in a little bit of sin here every once in a while, uh, and, and, and we know that committing a sin is not going to keep me out of heaven because I've been born again, but then we're, we're never taught about the real issue behind the acts of sin, which is the, the wrong object of faith. Why do you think Jesus is not in the room, why do you think he's not in fellowship supping with those Christians in the book of Revelation? Because what they're eating, what they're partaking of is not what he can be in fellowship with us concerning. We can only walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John 1, 7 through 9, if our faith is in what the light really is. And it's Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So watch this now. Look at verse 2. Let's let's look at this. Looking unto Jesus, what am I going to say? The Bible here and in in, in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 tell us what we have to see if we're going to be looking unto Jesus. It's good that you can read the stories in the New Covenant about the very life, sinless life, life of miracles and power and great teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, it, but, but, but that's not what you're to look at if you're going to experience a place of avoiding feigning in your mind. You, look, we're going to see it right here. This is why most of the church is crippled and sick. Paul even told the church in Corinth that many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body. Not not because they're not discerning that he was a healer and a miracle worker, but they're not discerning the avenue through which all that comes that he offers, the Lord's body, what he did in his body on the tree. You can talk about the life of Jesus. It is a wonderful thing to talk about because he is our picture of who our God is. It's wonderful to talk about the story. But you ever notice Paul didn't do it? Once Paul stepped into the revelation of Jesus Christ and him crucified, he never went back and talked about the, the stories and the miracles and, and, and for the most part and, 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 and tell, tell, because... The, the, you know, that was then, you're not there. You're here today. And Paul, if you think about this, the apostle Paul did more than all the other disciples put together. He said, I labor more than them all. Now, I'm just quoting scripture to you, but what I do is by the grace of God. And Paul never walked with Jesus in his earthly, fleshly body. Think about that. You need to think about these things. So watch this verse 2 now. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It starts with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. you got to understand that. And I've got notes here that tell us that. Faith begins with Christ. It's his faith that saved us. <laughs> his taste of death by the grace of God through faith he lived by. That saved us. And a lot of people quote Galatians 2.20, that uh, the life I live now in the flesh, I live 
by faith in Christ. Our faith has to be in Christ, but that means in his death. But that, that's not what Galatians 2.20 says, and it's not what it means. It means that we live by the faith of the Son of God. What he did on the cross by grace through faith, he loved us and gave himself for us by faith. By grace through faith. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God through faith. He had to live by grace through faith. And it's his faith and his work on the cross, his love for us, his giving of himself for us, that saved us who believe upon him. And he, out of that faith, measured, dealt to us the measure of faith, Romans 12, 3. So, but watch this now. Faith begins with Christ. Faith ends with Christ. And the fruit is either Christ or it's not faith. Think about that. To live, and we live by faith. It's the faith of Christ. To live is Christ. Philippians 1, 21. To live is is Christ, or we're not living any greater than, than anyone else on the planet. For the to live the let's just say it this way: the experience of the abundant and everlasting life we already have as Christians, and we know that because Paul told Timothy, lay hold on that eternal life. We know this. So faith. We live by faith, but yet to live is Christ. So faith begins with Christ, it ends with Christ, and all the fruit of true biblical faith is the expression of Christ. Whether we realize that or not, or we've been teaching that or not, it's true. The expression of all biblical faith is the expression of the Lord reigning over us and His reign through us to carry out His will. Hallelujah, which is always for the glory of his own name. But let's look at another verse Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1 and 13 that says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Loins means your hips. That's your walking place. Gird up and prepare to move out, soldier. Gird up the loins, but this is the loins of your mind, not the loins of your, your physical hips, the loins of where you really move from and operate from. Your mind, that's where you operate from. And remember what we're talking about here in Hebrews 12 and 3, that, that you got to consider Jesus, the one who was, what does it say, who endured such contradiction of sinners, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Peter writes this. Catch it today. Catch it. Let the Lord insert this into your mind today. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, the movement of your mind in the right direction. Be sober and hope to the end. Don't give up. Hope to the end. Watch now. For the grace, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you say, well, I already have the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not like you're going to at the end of this race, my friend. And the Bible, Peter wrote this, that you, you're going to have to hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you, grace brought to you at the end, at the revelation, the appearing, the fullness of, there he is, I'm seeing the revelation of Jesus Christ. But listen, grace brought to you at the end 
is still going to have to be through your faith that got you to the end. Grace doesn't exist outside of faith. Grace is looking for an avenue, one avenue. Grace doesn't function outside of one avenue, and that's faith. The Bible way for God's people is by grace through faith. That's not just the way we were saved, my friend. That's the way we live saved. By grace, which is what God is doing, you say, no, it's what, it's what I'm doing by the Spirit by spirit of God. The Bible in Hebrews 10 and 29 calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of grace. What, what, when the Bible refers to us living by grace through faith, it, it's, it's just as when we were born again. We were saved by grace. That means what God did in Christ on the tree, on the cross for us, in His flesh, in His death, through faith. It all begins with the grace of God, God in Christ doing what he did on the cross through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to remember that. When we are saved by grace through faith, you leave yourself out of that equation initially because it was Christ on the cross authoring, if I can say that word right here in Northeast Texas, it, before we bring ourselves into the equation, into the experience of salvation, before we believe from the heart under that righteousness, we are we got to we got to set ourselves over here and see that it was God working in Christ to reconcile sinners, the Bible says, to himself. That's the grace of God. But God had to find... He, this couldn't take place except through faith. Grace doesn't exist outside of through faith. People think that, well, I can just do what I want to. Grace has got me covered till I get home. No, grace doesn't cover sin. Grace deals with sin. And if grace, which is God's Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, finds that one thing he's looking for, one thing he's looking for, which is faith in the sacrifice of Christ, then grace is found. Noah found grace in the eyes of, of the Lord because he believed the word of the Lord concerning God going to destroy everyone on the planet through a flood except for him and his house. And the, the proof that Noah's faith was in the right object was that as soon as he got off the boat, he didn't say, gather up the balloons and let's have a big party. He said, build an altar. Build an altar. That What that altar represented is what Noah's faith was in. It's what saved his life. Hallelujah. It had been his message all those years prior to the flood because the Bible tells us Noah was a preacher of righteousness. I hope you're getting this today. I hope you're seeing this today. So there is grace that is coming at the end of the race for those who hope to the end of the race through faith. Grace can't grace doesn't grace is not something invisible floating around. There is no experience of grace where God cannot find faith in the sacrifice. In the sacrifice. Jesus tasted death. 
Hebrews 2 and 9, by the grace of God. It's the only avenue of grace. It's the only avenue of grace. You won't find it. You may go out and do a lot of stuff and have some form of godliness, but unless it's due to a faith in the sacrifice, not just because of your born-again experience years ago, but if it's not through a conscious, front-of-your-mind faith in the sacrifice then we're just stamping God on a lot of stuff that's not God. You can hear a minister one day say that the Holy Spirit works exclusively through the one's faith in the sacrifice and turn right around in the next sentence and say that the Holy Spirit might do it different tomorrow just to throw you off. My friend, that can't do nothing but confuse us. That can't do anything but confuse us. That's not, that's not single-eyed. That's not single vision. And, and listen, that's not doing anything to help anybody. So, and, and that right there is Lord's looking for a people that will constantly say that the cross is the only answer that God has offered for all of humanity, <clears throat> whether it's for the lost to be saved or the saved to live as though there is a God who has saved them. Doesn't matter. The cross is always the focus. And I mean the conscious, conscious front of our minds focus. Hallelujah. Doesn't it have to be if we're going to see that we're compassed about with others of this like precious faith? Doesn't it have to be in the forefront of our minds if we're going to be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Doesn't it have to be in the forefront of our minds for us to be walking in a place where we are considering Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior as the one who endured this contradiction of sinners that was so great we can't fathom, we can't imagine that we'll get into later that he, that, that he even resisted all that and was bleeding before he ever got to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. We can't pick, we can't de deal with that too much for our minds. But are we considering it? Because we're not considering it in the back of our minds. And I only have about three or four minutes left, so as I close this teaching session today, please don't turn it off yet. You need to hear this. When we read scriptures such as this, the question comes into play not play, but into experience, rather. How often do I have to do this? That's the flesh. That's the flesh would ask questions like that. Because the flesh, the flesh, the carnality of who we are, that part of us that wants a whole lot more while we're here on this earth and just to be spiritually walking with our Lord. You know what I'm talking about. How much more does our carnal flesh... So the question is this. If I'm to be seeing these things that I'm told to look at, if I'm to be looking in this place I'm being told to look at, if I'm being told here by my faithful Lord to consider what I'm being told to consider here, how often, how often should I be in this experience? Because this experience is not something that's in the background just happening without my attention, without my ear, my heart being inclined unto this. That's what Proverbs tells us. 
All these things are not just happening in the back portion of our minds and God's doing all this stuff. No, I'm not. I'm, I, believe me, I know that God is, is a very busy God. And those who are not walking in the light of the cross, then really his mission is to point us to that place. What he does for those who are walking in the light of Calvary and becoming more fully persuaded to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified, then he is causing that path that he's able to bring them to and keep them on. Proverbs 4.18, he's causing that path to shine more until that perfect day, that perfect day being what? That perfect day at the end of our faith when that grace is brought unto us at the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ that Peter quoted. Let me give you that verse again. Some of you won't say, well, I want to see that again. That's 1 Peter 1 and 13. Write that down. Go look at that. There's a grace that's coming that's different from the grace right now. The grace at the end of the race. The grace to finish at the end. The grace that's brought to us, Peter wrote, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Crossing that finish line and now that grace that comes to finish out faith and put faith and hope away where nothing is left but the reality of who our God is to us in experience and that is Love, hallelujah, to the Lamb. So, this is why the Lord has us talking concerning the phrase moment by moment. How often do you want your God writing His words of life, light, and liberty in your heart, in your mind? How often do you want to walk with Him? How often do you think you need to be seeing these things, looking unto him, considering how often, because the opportunity for you and me is unbreakable. When Jesus shed his blood on Calvary's cross, the Holy Spirit has been offered to all believers and dwells within the hearts of all believers and has become a constant, a constant. So the reality of our Christianity in experience is up to how often we choose how many of the moments today will we give to this place of seeing and looking and consideration in the forefront of our minds, moment by moment. Believe me, I know that we don't do this, but there's a people of God that want to do this. They want to constantly be in fellowship with their Lord. They want to constantly be in a place where they're walking, making their calling and election sure, knowing that they won't even stumble while that's taking place. Peter wrote that too in 2 Peter 1 and 10. While you're making, while you're making your calling and election sure, You'll never stumble. It's been a great broadcast today. Allow the Lord to write these words of life, light, and His liberty into your hearts today. And allow Him to become more to you when that is happening 
then you are looking at what he's done for you on Calvary's cross more intensely and more often than ever before. The Apostle Paul meant that very thing when he said, I've become determined, and God forbids that we not be determined to boast, to glory in anything other than the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. God richly bless you, and I know He is if you're listening to these teachings. And I pray that, that our hearts would be filled with His words of life. Hallelujah. Thank you for your prayers. I pray God touch your body today on this day and change the things that need changing today all for the glory of His name. Pray for us. I would please ask, as I always do, and if the Lord stirs your heart to sow into this ministry, which is between you and Him alone, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231 5950. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time right here. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.